Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I am Ken Walls. I'm your host. And I, you know, I say this every time I come on that I'm excited about the guests that I have on, but I'm telling you today, I'm really, really excited to welcome my friend. He's been a client of mine for a couple of years and probably one of the hardest sales I ever made, <laughs> but I'd like to welcome Mr. John Hamlin to the show. John, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to do this. No problem. Thanks for having me. Dude, I, I am so excited. So, and, and the reason I'm excited is, you know, this show, I, I created this show to help people have a breakthrough in life because we all hit those walls in life. We get stuck. We can't get unstuck. We get scared, all of that stuff. And I know you've been through a, a few things in life that uh, presented to itself to be a challenge. And so I, I want people to understand that you can go from nothing to, to you know, where you are and it's it's completely possible. So... You know, I want people to get to know you, man. So let's start with like where you were born and raised. I was born and raised. I was born in, in Pontiac, Illinois, um, and then after about three or four years old, um, my mom and dad divorced. So I was back and forth between Illinois and Portland, Oregon, where my mom relocated. Okay. Uh, so I did a lot of traveling back and forth. So I'd say evenly raised between Portland, Oregon, and a little town called Cedar Point, Illinois. Nice. Uh, great little town in the Midwest uh, of 300 people. 300. 300. Wow. Yeah. So, so community. you went, so you, you were back and forth in between Oregon and, and Illinois. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Quite a bit. <laughs> so, so how, what did like, was that, um, do you feel like that had any kind of a, uh, a bearing on, on, you know, where, what you ended up doing as an adult? Well, I think, you know, a lot of people talk about there's a good life or a bad life. And I just, there's just life that's behind you. It is your life. Right. And so everything, I think, has a bearing. You know, you can't go through a day without having something happen that, that does something in your life. So, right. yes, a good and bad. Um, you know, the back and forthness probably made me uh, a little more unstable, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, I got to pick up some values in Oregon and that lifestyle, which was totally different. Uh, been my lifestyle in Illinois, um, and I got definitely got to pick up some amazing values in Illinois as well. I mean, there's a lot to be said for a small town and 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 the value of that, you know. And then there's also the street smarts I learned while I was in Oregon. Right. In Oregon, I was kind of a street kid. How were you? <laughs> so it's two totally different dynamics. And and it, did you say it was Portland, Oregon? Portland. So that's a pretty good sized city compared to to. 300 people in Illinois. Entirely different dynamic, man. Yeah, and Portland's gorgeous. It's a beautiful, isn't it called the City of Roses? It is, yeah. it is. And I still go to Portland four times a year. Yeah. I get a cabin up on the Cascade Range and I hike and, and that's really my place to go to get disconnected and reconnected, if you know what I mean. I do, I know exactly what you mean. I, 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 I've told you in the past, I, I wanna go with you on one of those trips. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, You'd love it. It's beautiful out there. So, so, um, <clears throat> so you, you, so where was your primary, like, where, where'd you go to school then? Well, I, I went to school both in Portland and in, in Cedar Point. Oh, okay. Um, 
you know, in, you know, in eighth grade, um, yeah, you don't really want me to go through all of the details, but in eighth grade in Cedar Point, I, uh, you know, kind of the decision was made that I should leave school. Um, and so I dropped out at eighth grade. And, and then the only time I went back to school was, I think, a sophomore year. It's kind of vague. When they said, what are we going to do with him? We, we should be putting him back in school. At that time, I was involved in a lot of the court systems and um, fostering and just a lot of, you know, yeah. life wasn't that great. Right. Um, and uh, so they put me back into school for like one semester of a sophomore year, which, you know, I, I totally was not prepared for. So <laughs> wow. That didn't last very long. <laughs> right. So I ran away from home again then and um, went, you know, at that age. And how old are you when you're a sophomore? Do you, do you know? Uh, what, 16, 15, 15, 16 yeah. maybe? I ran away and went back out to Oregon. <laughs> wow. No kidding. Wow, which, is a, good, which so, is a pretty good track for a sixteen-year-old. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so life was. Um, I mean, and again, I know it's it's you don't define it as a hard life or an easy life, but life was life, and and it certainly wasn't um, what what most would classify as an easy life. Well, you know, Kenny Chesney has a song, and it says the, the laughs, the smiles, the trials, the tears. It's hard to hate what got you here. And, you know, if you look at it, it's every every little thing that happened to you in your life. And I believe this happens for a reason. Yeah. And two, made you what you are today. And, you know, there's a bigger purpose, I think, in play. Yeah. You know, a much bigger purpose. There's got to be when you, you you know my past. I mean, you're yeah. very, you might act like you're surprised in front of your listeners, but you know my story. And I know you're still I don't know all of it, but I know a lot of it. And it's yeah, shocking. And, so, you know, I, I've, I've come to believe that, you know, there is just something much bigger in play here, yeah. you know, you know to, for me to even be alive. I, so. I, I hear you. I feel the same way because we have very similar stories, very similar. So um, at some point, though, you I, – I, well, I, I'm going to let you tell the story. So you, you – um, at some point, you became an entrepreneur. Well, let me, let me walk it back to – how I first started my, my a job and so on. Okay, okay? yeah. And when I was in Oregon, um, again, not in school, you know, conditions weren't that great. Uh, and, you know, I had a group of friends and we were in trouble a lot. And I was getting in trouble a lot and uh, in and out of the juvenile system. And there's a guy that lived in our trailer court. He had the nicest trailer, okay? And <laughs> he was a car salesman. And he had... He always had, a, you know, two, I think at that time I was maybe, I don't know, 11 years old. He had the nicest car because they gave him a demo, a pocket full of money, dating good-looking girls, and two, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12-year-olds, you know, sign me up. on That's what I want. So um, all I wanted to do is I just wanted to be a car salesman since the age of, you know, preteen. Wow. That shocks most people. Uh, you All you ever wanted to do is a car salesman? Yeah, that's that's what I wanted to do. Wow. Um, and so I became 18 I became a car salesman and, you know, felt miserably at it. But that's how I got into the car business, realized that all the information that had been given to me about how to be successful and why I would be successful in the car business is because, you know, I'm a BS artist and, you know, I've got a, a you know, I can sell ketchup to a woman in white or snow to an Eskimo or yeah. whatever. Uh, so I had all the, and you know, from being in sales, that's bad data. That is, that's yeah. not correct. That's so right. I felt miserably because that's the data I had to go on. That's what everybody told me my strength was. Right. So it wasn't until I started to learn how to sell that it became fun and became lucrative. 
And um, so fast forward, I meet a gentleman named Pat O'Reilly. He uh, owns a dealership. I'm selling for him. We devise a marketing program for his dealership. And then fast forward again, you know, worked really well. And he said, hey, do you think we could take this and sell it to other car dealers? And that's how I began the marketing company um, initially. Wow. Yeah. And then, you know, things went good. Things went really good. Um, All of a sudden, the guy that wasn't making a whole lot of money at all was making a lot of money. And then, and I'll be to mind, I'm going to tell the raw truth. Dude, tell it. Okay. I got involved in drugs and got heavily involved in drugs. Yeah. And so... You know, I ended up like a lot of people do. I ended up homeless. I ended up breaking into churches to sleep. I, you know, um, wow. It was it was not pretty. It was not how, pretty. At how, all. how old? How old? Like, uh, let's let's establish kind of a timeline. So you were in your early twenties or, or teen, late teens, getting mm-hmm. into car sales. Sounds right. like you did very extremely well. At, mm-hmm. at at car sales, and I know you pretty well, so I'm sure I'm sure I, you were I, number I didn't one. Do well at first, it wasn't until I started to learn how to sell. Right, right. You know, there's a difference. I mean, do you know the definition of sales? Um, no, I don't I'm know not, your I'm definition. Not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to gotcha question. Yeah, I should, I should have done that differently because this is amazing. The definition of sales is moving somebody into a course of action or the acceptance of something. Now, follow me on this. Okay. What if I put the word unethically in front of that? Unethically moving somebody into a course of action or the acceptance of something would be my definition of con. So yes. one word changes the whole dynamic. Yes. You know, one is ethical and one is not ethical. Right. So when, you know, people put the unethical in front of it, you're a con man. And if you think that's what you got to do to succeed, you try it, you fail. Because quite honestly, you know, the guys in the car business, the guys in any business, that are cheating people, conning people, they're not going to succeed. They're not going to succeed for an extended period of time. Right, right. So, you know, so I, I, I got successful in sales by realizing I didn't know what the heck I was doing. Right. You know, in 1988 um, is when we started the marketing company, and that's when, you know, I started to make, you know, six figures, which, you know, I've never seen anything like that. Right. And um, that's when I also started to get involved in drugs, and I carried that through to, probably my late thirties, forties. And, and, and then wow. they got really worse. And that's when, you know, it's, yeah. I'll tell you what, I'll just surmise it with this. You know, it's over when people that haven't showered in five days are saying you need to leave. <laughs> <laughs> if that doesn't tell you that, you know, you need to change something, <laughs> you know, some people have a bottom and then some people find their bottom and they dig a basement. <laughs> right. Oh my you know? gosh. So, so you had dirty homeless people telling oh, you. It was horrible, man. It was horrible. I look back at it. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for everything that happened. I am. I'm sincerely yeah, grateful. I know you are. Um, but boy, you look back at it, you go, good Lord. Yeah. You know, and it's sad. It's sad and you wonder because so many of my friends seriously are dead. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't make it out. And so many of them are in jail. Yeah. And then they're doing long terms. It's not like they're in jail for the weekend. Yeah. You know, and, you know, the fact that I made it out of there, I think, is is grace. I really do. I mean, why me? And somebody said, why not you? But, you yeah. know, um, but I was, I was fortunate to get out of it. So that that happened, moved past that. And um, I got back into the marketing business. Um, you know, God sent me an angel, a guy named Richard Zimmerman, who uh, took me under his wing. I worked in this feed mill. I threw feed bags and went out and talked to farmers. And I did that start my company up again i wanted to and he was he was cool with helping me get started 
So you, so you, was it the same company that you just kind of re, revamped it? It really was because it never, you know, one of the things that was very fortunate is there wasn't a whole lot of clients that I really needed to go back to and say, man, you know what? They were there right when the yeah. fall. So I had to make amends to probably three different clients where it literally was a financial amends. Yeah. And, you know, I was scared to death to go up to them because I thought they hated my guts. And it was funny. They knew what was going on. Kenny, they knew, yeah. and, they, and the best response I got was, John, I knew you'd pay me back if you lived. And I'm like, you know, he goes, oh, yeah, everybody pretty much knew. Like, well, why are you doing business with me then? Goes, right. Well, because you were good. <laughs> Even high as a kite, they said you were good. So um, right. I never quite understood that. But right. anyway, so moved back into, into business, and I've still got the, the two first clients that I had back in 1988. Green Automotive Group was my first client, Green Family Source. And the O'Brien Automotive Group was my second client. Wow. We have them to this day. So, so wow, that's incredible, man. And and so, like, you, just so we can make sure everybody understands where the, the, where the gauge is here, you were broke, homeless. I'm assuming you were broke. I mean, oh, like. Let me, let me, do you want me to just go ahead? Because I. Yeah. Uh, I was spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally financially and in every way else bankrupt in wow. every way you can think i actually never filed bankruptcy but i'm talking bankruptcy as in yeah. bankrupt in my spirit bankrupt in yeah. yes broke you know i didn't have a driver's license i mean it was it was there wow long period wow so um so you that that's rock bottom i mean there it you know i and and i i'm i'm a recovered alcoholic i'm not shy about telling people i've you know by the grace of god i'm coming up on 16 years sober and it blows my mind man it blows my mind but you know like like I get that. I totally get that. And some people probably don't, but I totally understand what it's like to be like, and you're scared because you don't. Yeah. I I always tell people, I I say I'm allergic to alcohol and they look at me funny and go, yeah, I break out in handcuffs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, you're one of them. (laughs) Yeah. You're one of them. That's right. So, so, um, so you, 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 got, you got your life together. Um, you restarted the marketing company. Um, and, and then, then what, what started happening at that point for you? It, it, it just grew and grew and grew and grew to a point. Um, I was having a blast. You know, it was, it, it's fun. Succeeding, success is a blast. Yes. And, you know, then the next probably, I'd say the next big change came for me in 04. Um, I had a client call me and he's a general manager of car dealership and he was a little bit concerned. I think he had made some, well, he told me, I made, he says, I made some bad decisions that didn't work out. And I'm a little concerned that the owner's about ready to cut me loose. And he's very, he was just very nervous about spending any money on marketing. And I looked at what he had and what he did and what he hasn't done. And I, and I just with a lot of confidence said, man, I really think I can help you. And he's like, okay, I'm counting on you. And I mean, that really put some pressure on me because yeah. he was counting on me. And after we did our marketing program for him, he called me up. He's like, oh, man, that rocked. And I, for the first time ever, I noticed, I went, yes. And I also noticed that I never one time did I ever go, yes, when I got a check. And a lot of people would disagree with this. But it was that point that I realized that I wasn't working for money. 
That wow. it was that it was be helping other people, being of service. It, it was then that I realized that, and I even voiced that to my COO and said, you know, I'm going to kind of change my focus. My focus is going to be of be of service, of you know, not so much CEO, but you know, just be of service. Right. And you know, I got to be honest with you, I never made more money in my life the day since the day I quit working for money. Now a lot of people would disagree with that. But if you try to make everybody around you successful, if that's your goal, everybody in your office, everybody that does business with you, everybody you come in contact with, if, you're, if your goal is to help everybody become successful, your success is a foregone conclusion. And the cool thing is, is you don't focus on you, you focus on other people. That's easier. It's way easier. Yeah, because you're just out there. Being of service is so easy. Yes. If I just sit back and beat my beat the snot out of myself or whatever, rather than being of service, getting out of self and helping another human being. Yeah, it's easy. It's rewarding. And I always say the money started to pile up behind me. I said that a few times when I talked about it. Yeah. And then I caught myself saying behind me, and I went, "Wait a minute, why? Because I'm not focused on it. I was focused on other things. I was no longer focused on on you know building a, a pile of money." I, Make sense. I, you, you know, I, I don't know if you realize how much of an impact you had on on me. Um, and and I've I've told this story many times on on Facebook Live and admitted that I was <laughs> I, I flew into the wrong city. I drove all night, four and a half hours to get to 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 where you're located in Florida. And 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 then I walk into your your office to meet with you for the first time ever. 30 minutes freaking late. I was like, I'm like, dude, did you know that there's a Daytona Beach address for your, your, <laughs> anyway. Right, there is. Uh, yeah. It's a Chevy dealership. It's a car dealership. Yeah. I'm oh, like, I, I know it. he's in the car business, but for the love of God, he's not in this dealership, is he? But like, you know, so I, I think, and, and one of the things that I learned is like, you know, I've met a lot of people in my life, man, but you're one of the classiest people and, and you're caring about other people. It, it just, you radiate it. Like it comes out of you. So like, I, I love that about you, man. And, and, you know, and, and it's those experiences that you've had in life that, that create that. I truly believe that it, it, mm -hmm. it, it it's what creates it. So, so you've, you've, you know, all you have to do is scroll through your Facebook page and um, see that you've done incredibly well since those days. Um, and and you know what? I guess for from your perspective, what is the number one thing that you feel? And maybe it's maybe you've already say, stated it, but what is the number one thing? that you've done in your life and in your business, your career that's, that's catapulted you so far into the realms of success. Well, number one would be, you're right. What I shared with you is I think the biggest thing was, you know, learning to be of service, learning to be, uh, help other people. You know, there's an old saying, um, you help somebody get to the top. You can't help somebody get to the top without getting to the top yourself. You know, and so that would be number one. But then number two would be the, con the continuous improvement, um, really learning and perfecting how to sell. Yeah. Okay, selling isn't conning. Selling is, you know, like I said, moving somebody into a course of action with the acceptance of something. Right. Okay. Right. And that you can get good at that. 
Yeah. It doesn't mean that you're doing anything wrong. You're, you know, especially when you're doing like, I really want to help this person. And you know, as well as I do, I can want to help a, a client or a potential client as much as I want. If they're not believing that I'm there to help them, right? Yeah. I, that's when you meet, that's when you, you hit resistance. So learning how to sell was the second biggest thing, you know, when it comes to when you micro it down. Yeah. And that, if I was to go inside that, the most important thing in selling, as far as I'm concerned, is staying in agreement. If you think about it this way, if you if you if you're serious when you're making a presentation, if you're serious when you're selling somebody, you you shouldn't just be thinking about what you're saying, yeah. right? Yeah. You should be you should check in a lot, and you'll notice I'm doing it with you because it's it's second nature to me. Right. I do it all the time. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah, I did it right there. I'm yeah. checking in continuously because I want agreement. I got to stay in agreement. I believe that a lot of, you know, people talk about closing. Oh, you need to close the deal, close the deal. You know, closers, coffee's for closers. If you never allow yourself to fall out of agreement with the customer through the process, is the close not a foregone conclusion? It'd have to be, right? Yes. I I further would say that when people, and I just had this conversation with my national sales manager, if people, your salespeople need need closing, What's a closer really do? He goes in, he finds, he goes back, he tries to find out where you as a salesperson fell out of agreement, put the customer back in agreement, and then close the deal. Right. If you never fall out of agreement, if you don't allow that to happen, the close is a foregone conclusion. And the way you you you, you uh, keep yourself from falling out of agreement is checking in. Yes. Say, right. say this makes sense, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Are you with me? You know, all those things are just checking in. It's not, it's not a monologue. It's dialogue. Right. <laughs> You hear Grant say it all the time. Grant Cardone, you hear him saying it all the time. What's it? What's it? Would you agree? Would you agree? Would you agree? Right? He's checking in to make sure that we're still on the same page. Yeah, I, 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 I and and I, I agree with you. So, like, you know, one of the things though that I've seen, and and I've been, I've been fortunate, and 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 on, honestly, I feel incredibly blessed to be able to call you a client. Like we built your website for you, um, and it was, it, it, huh? Great plug. <laughs> yeah. No, dude. I'm, but I'm leading up to something. Um, I've already bragged about building John Hamlin's website like a million times. Most people yeah, know you it. You know me. I'm going to fire a shot. If I, get, if I see an opening, even the smallest opening, I'm going to have fun with you, Kenny. <laughs> well, hey, look. The first, the first iteration of the website you hated. And I flew back down there and, and we met and you're like, dude, I, I, I want this to be the, 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 the freaking, the Mona Lisa, the, the, you know, I want people to go. And, and so we redid the whole thing. And, and, and again, I, I'm, here's one thing that I've, I've noticed about you though. And, and I, again, the reason I bring that up is I've been blessed and fortunate to be in your presence for hours and hours and hours watching how you operate your business, watching you do sales calls, watching how you interact with employees and customers. And the, the, I think the biggest thing for you, and this is an outsider looking in Mm -hmm. the way you service your clients is, is unbelievable. Like literally every single one of your clients gets a white glove, gets white glove treatment. You don't see, and, and, you know, I know you have some really big name clients, but you treat everybody the same. And that's like top notch service. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and there's, you, you said it, you, you, you said everything that I would say. Um, you do treat everybody the same. One of the things that I, 
I always tell that, you know, associates when they come in, you know, new associates, yeah. don't pretend to care, care. Right. You'll, you, you'll, it's rewarding. If you're pretending to care, then you're not really, you know, I said this to a client the other day. What's the difference between somebody saying, this is John Hamlin, he's one of our vendors. I suppose this is John Hamlin, he handles our marketing, he's amazing at it. The difference between that is a relationship. One is where a relationship exists, and the other one where a relationship doesn't exist. Right. And I submit to you, and I say this with the people that I work with all the time, when I say don't pretend to care, because a lot of people just pretend to care, oh no, we really care about your business. Oh, we really want a long-term relationship. Actually care, actually present long-term. Show them how your plan actually has legs. Yeah. Set for something beyond next week. Right. You know, and what you're gonna find out is you know you're gonna make amazing friends. These they do. They grow into relationships, yeah. and you enjoy them. And then all of a sudden, you find yourself more than ever willing to bend over backwards and, and go the extra mile, which just cultivates more. Yes, because now it's like you know you're not letting down somebody you don't care about or whatever the case may be. And I, I constantly say this to my associates. You know, now all of a sudden, man, I, I can't. I don't want to let him down. This guy's a friend of mine. Well, all of them are friends of yours if you built a relationship and right. a sincere, from the heart relationship. Right. Yeah. You know, you'll find out they're great people. Yeah. I, you know, car business is some of the greatest people I've ever met. My best friends are in the car business. Right. Right. You know. So that's a, that's a that's a key point too. You know, because they can see right through. You know, somebody that's just trying to go for a sale. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to somebody that really cares about what they're doing. You know, one of the things I, I, I say a lot, um, I say, you know, you know, if we always agree, one of us is unnecessary. And, and I want <laughs> to said that to me. And I don't want to become unnecessary. I remember that you said that to me. Yeah. I, you, you know, I, I said to a dealer the other day, I said, you know, he showed me exactly what he wanted to do and it was the same amount of money. And, I said to him, and I, and I looked at what I was proposing and what I, what I wanted him to do. Okay, yeah. the money wasn't any different on either on either uh, uh, object. But I, I kept talking. I said, you know, you're gonna have to make a decision here. I'm either stupid and don't know how to shut up and close the deal, or I care. I'll let you decide. <laughs> and he he responded just like you. He started laughing because I'm not stupid. He knows it. So why right. am I still talking? Right. <laughs> I, really. Oh man, that's you know, awesome. Well, it's, but it's it's actually it's very true. Yeah. Don't, you know, I'm not afraid to do that. And I'll tell you what, most people, especially people that are running businesses, yeah, they really are tired of yes men. They're tired of somebody just shutting up and closing the deal and telling them, "Oh no, you're right, Kenny, you're right. No, you're right. Let's ink that. You're right." Um, I stay in agreement, but you know, I ask for the I ask for permission to say, you know, when I say if we always agree one of us is unnecessary, I'm yeah. asking for permission. Can I? You know, or do you want a yes man? No, I don't want a yes man. Right. Thanks. Right. You know, good. You know, good because we're gonna push the envelope, right? So, mm -hmm. so the, you know, I know that you you've met a ridiculous amount of people in your in your life. Um, the people that you've met that are stuck, they you know they're stuck financially, emotionally, spiritually. Um, maybe just everything, right? What do you think the biggest thing, in, in, in your opinion, this is just about your opinion, um, mm -hmm. in your opinion, what is it that keeps people stuck? What's the number one thing if you were to say, well, I think the biggest thing is this. What is that? Fear. 
Fear. I mean, fear or laziness. I mean, there's a lot of people that are just lazy, okay? And a lot of people that, you know, have tremendous amounts of talent, but are, you know, just completely wrapped up in fear. You know, they, they, they dip their toe in the pool rather than jump in. They don't look at, wait a minute, they've lived 20, 30 years on this planet. Nothing's killed them so far. Why don't I take a few risks? You know, what's, you know, that is the one thing. And I heard this the other day and I liked it. Um, then when you when you do hit a level of success, you no longer have fear. You have stress. <laughs> yeah. stress, is, stress is nothing. Somebody who's successful is fear. Right. You know, it's really, it's all it is. It's, it's, it's our way of making it sound better. And when that was told to me, I thought, you know what? That makes huge sense. That makes huge sense. Yeah. Right. You know, right. It's just all I did. All I did was clean up the word fear. But, right. Yeah. Fear without a doubt. And a good friend of mine, uh, Joey, used to always tell me, he goes, fear is, is 10 feet tall. 10 feet wide and paper thin and you walk right through it. Right. And I know, you know that I do. I do. And I'm telling you, like I've, I write about it a lot on, on my Facebook posts and you know, about fear and it, 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 man, it stops so many blessings in life and it's, it's ridiculous. It's the opposite of faith. We've heard all the, all the things, right? So, so if if a guy, gal, whoever, you know, came to you, um, not looking for a handout, but they came to you and they said, "Man, I'm 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 stuck. I, I'm I'm my electric's getting shut off tomorrow. My car was repoed yesterday. My wife's leaving me. I'm you know losing my house. I'm getting foreclosed on." Um, uh, what are you going to say to that guy to help him? What to to get that guy to move beyond where he is or gal um, to move from that place? What what's the first thing you're going to say? Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, I know that stop. What are you doing? Stop. Right. You know, what is it? You know, you know, with, you know, there's there's more questions to be asked there. Sure. Because let's face it, I've been homeless. Now, we can turn on the TV, and I know there are people that are homeless because of their downtrodden and, and bad things happen. But when I was homeless, do you know what I noticed? Most of the people I was homeless with, we all had a heck of a lot more to do with it than society. Yeah. Now, there is some mental illness out there, okay? Sure. And there are people that are homeless that choose to be homeless. I mean, they literally got it down to a path. They got it down. It's like a job. Yeah. But most of us was because of drug abuse, laziness, whatever. And right. so. You know, what would somebody say to me about all oh, everything I'm doing? I'm homeless. And boy, look how bad my life is. Well, why don't you stop doing what you're doing? Yeah. Try something different. So let me, you asked really seriously what the first thing I'd say is stop. <laughs> right. Right. You know, what would you, what would you tell them to do though? Like what, what's the, what's the most, uh, and again, I realize there's a lot of, of questions you have to ask. But, you know, I, I, I'll i tell you, here's here's where I'm coming from. Friend of mine, very, very successful financial planner here in, in Columbus, Ohio, um, multimillionaire. And, and, and one one day I'm sitting in his office and, and he goes, he goes, how are things going? I go, dude, it's bad. It's bad. Oh, I can't pay my bills and blah, blah, blah. All that whiny bullshit. And I and and he goes, stop. He goes, listen. <laughs> He did say, stop. Listen, there is a guy in Columbus, Ohio, making a million dollars a year, driving around, picking up people's dog shit out of their yard. 
These are all excuses. And I'll never forget that moment, man, because I was like, oh, my God, I don't want to pick up dog crap. So I, I that means if somebody can do that, I can do anything, right? So mm -hmm. I think people get stuck there, man. And I've been there. I've been in that place. And I know you have as well. You know, you don't become homeless by living courageously. <laughs> right. And, you know, you also have to be realistic about, you know, depending on where that person is. You know, are you are you just behind on your bills or are you homeless? There's, there's, that's a huge difference. Yeah. But, the you know, a good friend of mine, Mike Parle, always says this, do the next right thing and the next right thing's liable to happen to you. <laughs> and really, it's most likely to happen to you. Right, right. And so that's the first piece of advice. I said, okay, you just stop. Okay, what do I do next? The next right thing. Right. You know, what you know, what is it that's first and most important to you? Well, if you're homeless, it's shelter. Yeah. It's eating. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you're behind on your bills, okay, it's another. You know, okay, what do I need to do? I need to generate income. I love it when people say, Well, the reason I went broke is I had lack of capital. I was undercapitalized. No, you, the reason you went broke is you felt that you failed to generate enough revenue to sustain the business you'd started. Right. Because it really does come down to that. Yep. You know, I've been broke, you know, you know, even when I started going back up as I bite off a bigger chunk and all of a sudden, wow, I look at the checkbook and it'd be, it'd be empty. Right. And people say, what did you do? I went to work. <laughs> right. What else am I going to do? Right. Right. I, you know, I doubled. I just, you know, I, I cleared everything else out of the way and said, I need revenue. Yeah. You know, and uh, so, it's, you know, I believe this to a certain extent. Either people know what it takes, and if they don't know what it takes, they certainly know that there's there's all kinds of data out there that they, they can find out some fast and really furious and awesomely awesome rules to uh, uh, things that you can do to become successful. So, given that, if we do know what it takes to be successful or, or it's readily available, okay, then it becomes what willingness. Yep. You know, it doesn't matter what it takes. We all know what it takes, right? For the most part. So when you find out, if you don't know what it takes, and you find out what it takes, then you got to look at that and you go, okay, what am I really? What are you really willing to do? Right. And I think that's where another roadblock comes in with a lot of people. It, it comes. It, it's it's part of my life. You know, things that I'm not I'm not willing to do certain things uh, the way I used to be willing to do. Things. Right. You know, I can't. I, you know, you're not going to get me to, to cover a four state area uh, behind the windshield of a car anymore. I just won't. I, right. I just. I know, I know that being in front of people and all of that is very important and successful. But I realized I wasn't willing to do that, so I had to make an adjustment. Right. Right. But you know, I think the 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 biggest difference is your your level of humility and and you know so many people look at the word humility as a a bad thing and i think that humility is all about what are you willing to do to get out of yourself and help other people and mm -hmm. i think that if you lost everything and and you had to you would get behind the uh, the windshield and drive 10 states if you had to so you know and and that's the difference people people reach that level of like yeah but i used to be this and now it's like Great point. Great point. You know, let me caveat that yeah. to my point to fit your point. Um, I'm in a position to where I don't have to cave to that unwillingness. Right. 
Right. You right. know, you're absolutely right. If things, you know, took a turn, took a, you know, yes, I would be, then all of a sudden you're, you're forced to become willing. I wasn't willing to quit drugs until it got so painful that I became willing, you know. <laughs> right, right. So you're absolutely right. Right. Provided the right circumstances. I mean, I, I, I had to figure out another way to get around and, and, and that, that wasn't windshield time. You know, I want right. to be home. Right. I, you know, people think I love to travel. I don't. Right. <laughs> I built I built a home that I love. That's where I love to be, dude. It's a beautiful home too. Like it's uh, beautiful. The home is. Everybody talks about the home. I love the property. That's what I mean. I love the horses. Yeah. I love the grass. I you know my favorite thing is is cutting grass. <laughs> I know. I love yeah, that man. People are like you gotta be kidding me. You doing your own yard work? I said yes. And I and there's a big do not disturb sign on my life when <laughs> I'm doing yard work, and everybody knows it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. So my wife is like, I'm telling you, if we ever came down there, she would not leave. You'd have to call security. She, she, she's a horse. She loves horses. And so, so, um, you know, with the, I think that with, with, um, the level of success you, you've achieved, there, there are people, including myself, um, in life that are like, man, I don't, how's that even real? How do I ever get there? I mean, do you think it's possible for anybody to get to that level? It's got to be. I mean, you know, and, and I think there's a lot in play there. Things that we haven't touched on, like you know, this country. We do live in, a, in an, an amazing country where, when a eighth grade dropout, homeless crackhead, can. <laughs> turn around and do what he, you know, do what, what's happening in my life. You know, that, you know, you know, I can God in country. And, and I mean that, you, yes. know, it, you know, definitely is a God in my life. Yeah. Um, and, you know, also this is the country where you have that kind of opportunity. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I'm not sure if I answered your question, but uh, yeah, absolutely. You did. And, and again, all you have to do is somebody has to do And most people on this stream know, know who you are for the most part or have, have seen you. Um, I mean, you're friends with Grant, you're, you're, you know, you're doing, if you scroll through your Facebook page, it's obvious you're friends with a lot of people and in, in high places. And, you know, I think that people need to realize that anything is possible, anything, mm -hmm. but it's right. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I couldn't look in the mirror and not say that because I, I, you know, when I'm giving thanks and I'm in my, you know, gratitude state, you know, every morning, the biggest thing that comes out is, you know, I, I don't even know how I, I, I kind of look at it sometimes. Like, how did I get here? You know, how did I get here spiritually? How did I get here mentally? How did I get here financially? How did, how did this all happen? Because it really did just one foot in front of the other. And I kind of lost touch with, you know, what am I doing? Just was doing it. Right. And all of a sudden, you know, it really almost feels like all of a sudden, yeah. you know, even though it wasn't because it wasn't a, you know, when I was living life the other way, as you know, it's not a it's not a short walk in those woods. It's not a short walk out. Right? No, it's and not. It's just, it's, just, it's just as hard to get out as it is in, in time for, as it is to get in. Yeah. But um, you know, I, I look at it. I go, yeah, absolutely. You, you, anybody, if I can turn it around, anybody can. Yeah. That's a fact. I mean, I would challenge anybody to say, you know, well, I can't because of this, or I can't because of that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So what's uh, let's talk a little bit about what. Um, 
because I, I'm, I'm, I keep saying I'm not in the car business, but like everybody I'm connected to is. So I guess that kind of means I'm in the car business some, Depends, yeah. some way. Yeah. So I have a lot of car dealers that, that, um, you know, I'm friends with and, and that follow me and et cetera. So let's talk a little bit about what you do because I know you, you do more than just the car business. Like what's your company do? Well, Hamlin and Associates, we have, we have, uh, two different companies, and we're starting a third. Um, we had Hamlin Associates, and have a company called Agency Alliance. Okay. And we started out as an automotive direct marketing company. Then we built a software company, and we have a software product now that is, you know, just off the charts. Uh, you know, helping dealers to maintain long term long term success. We really, you know, there's a lot of people out there that, you know, want to skin a cat as opposed to share a sheep. Do you know what I mean by that? Uh-uh. You'll skin a cat once. You okay. can share a sheep for a lifetime. And, and and to the car dealers out there, you know, that means I'm going to take care of you. I'm, I want a long-term real. So we've, we've designed our product probably unlike anybody else in our industry to where it is. It's set up for long-term relationships. I mean, the average life expectancy of an automotive direct mail marketing company in the car business it's probably six months that they keep a relationship. It's, it's operated more like locusts. They, 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 they go down, they swarm, they scorch the earth, and then they blow. Yeah. Uh, we've, like I said, we've still got clients from 1988. You know, I still have Todd Green, the original client, my first client. Wow. To this day. And that's, you know, you don't do that without building a long-term relationship. So we do, we do marketing. We do database, database analytics. We help them conquest business. We help them grow their companies. You know, another great thing to live by because it's proven to me to be true. If I help you grow your company, you will help me grow mine. So again, that's almost a service mentality. Yeah. How can I help this person grow their company? They'll automatically help me grow mine. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, um, <clears throat> so you found you found a, a, a niche that that you develop software for and and i've i've seen the presentation i could like i've had people say so what's john hamlin do and i i go well um he has software that um walks on water <laughs> ah, thank you <laughs> i i don't know i so just kind of, if you want to explain a little bit about what it does because i know it's very and and there's no way you could do it all in one hour but but it's just being very surgical. You know, anybody that's in your audience that's gotten a letter from a car dealer, he usually says something to the effect of, we'll come in, we're having a you know big tent sale, and we're giving away five gold coins, and you can pet puppies while you're here, and don't forget to stop by the dancing bear cage, and and and, and, and that's okay. And I always, I get it, it, it works, and I'm not badgering it, but something I learned early on, that which is not immediate revenue generating, is branding. I'm either gonna, I'm either gonna get you to come in, and you're gonna come in, and you're gonna purchase, right? Yeah. Or you're gonna be left with a thought, and I don't want that thought to be your clown. So <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So we don't do that. When you get, what we've done is our software has become so good that we can actually talk to each customer individually about where they are in their buying cycle, and not insult them. Right. And talk to them intelligently. What's important to them, and it's easy to figure out. Right. So. That's what we do. If I was to do a direct mail campaign for a car dealer and do 20,000, 30,000 letters, each one of them would be different. Wow. Because everybody's in a different spot. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, and that allows the dealer to also understand and care a little bit more because now he understands exactly where this customer is and how he can really provide them with excellent service and really take care of them. They love that. Yeah. You know, contrary to what a lot of people say about the car business, I'm telling you, they're, they're amazing businessmen. Right? They're an amazing group of people that can withstand any storm. You know, they fight the good fight every day and, and they really do get the idea of, look, we need to take care of customers. Yeah, they really do. Yeah. And, and so we just really help them take it to that level, you know, to where, you know, you're not insulting your customer. You're not clowning. You're branding yourself as a clown. You're not, you know, you're actually out there making a good message to your customer. <clears throat> That's incredible, man. We're going to take the same thing to other industries as we you, know, you saw the new building we built. Yeah. You know, um, and we're moving into a 30,000 square foot new building and. Uh, you know, we're taking it to other industries like political industry and so on, where you just you look at what's out there. You look what people are doing and going, man, I can still improve upon that. Wow. So you're taking I, I mean, it's 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 all data. It's all data driven stuff that you're doing like and tracking uh, and tracking. You, you got to know what you're doing, yeah. you know, and, 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 and tracking with integrity, not tracking something to make yourself look good. Right. Tracking so you get a real glimpse. So you and your client can actually look at something and say, Wow, that didn't work. What did we need to tweak on this? Right. Don't be afraid of failure. You know, one of the things when I talk to a client initially, I tell them that. I say, look, here's where we did a campaign for a, a client. They spent $23,000 with us and they sold two cars. Right. And a, a horrible, horrible, horrible failure. They're shocked that we're showing it to them. I mean, how ridiculous is it? Every car dealer in the country has had a bad event has had our full page ads radio whatever direct mail that didn't work for them yeah why does everybody that's selling it act like theirs has never failed when we all know that's not true <laughs> if you can open up and be honest about that then you can look at what doesn't work have honest discussions with your client and actually critique it so that it you can make it successful right and the absence of integrity and you just want to make everything look good well the client ain't buying it anyway they're not believing you anyway. And that's what that's what what again, I, I I look for, you know, success leaves clues. We've all heard that one, right? And so one of the things that I I, I love about you and, and it, it look, Hamlin and Associates would not is is John Hamlin. I mean, let's just let's just get real. So like and it, so everything you're doing spills over into your company and, 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 you know, that it's all disseminated down from you. And, and so if one of the things about you is your transparency, you may, you may say, dude, yeah, we did this thing over here and it just didn't work. And you're, you're real about it. Right. We failed. And you're right. You know, you say Hamlin, so just John Hamlin, you know, I, I'm the visionary. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm the, I'm the gatekeeper to the integrity of the company Right. at the end of the day. Right. I mean, that's probably one thing that is my biggest and most important responsibility yes. to make sure that we, we do what we say we're going to do and so on. Um, but yeah, you, you, it's important. It's important that everybody that's there understands that. Yeah. But I, I got to tell you, being the visionary, trust me, I can't write code. <laughs> I'm a software company and I'm basically computer illiterate. <laughs> Okay, and, and it's funny when clients figure that out. Then they start having a blast when they start messing with me. And I'm like, okay, now you're just messing with me. You figured it out that I go about this far, and then it just shuts off. My knowledge on it just shuts right. off. You know, so. That's um, funny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's so funny. I own a software company, and I'm computer illiterate. 
tell you, it, it, I've got an amazing team of people that yeah. get the integrity of the company, that get the understanding of, yeah. of, of, you know, we don't settle, we don't do things the wrong way, right. uh, we won't lie. Right. You know, I mean, seriously, and then when I say that, I, I say that to the dealer. If you're going to ask me to lie to your customers, call another company. Right. You know, if you want me to put in there that, you know, things that just aren't true, I'm not going to. We don't, we don't even, you know, we don't, we don't even have a need for asterisks. Think about that. You know what I'm talking about? The disclaimer at the bottom? Oh, right. We don't need them. Wow. You know, I know a guy that's in the direct mail business and he told me, he said, if we're not in front of the attorney general once a quarter, we're not pushing hard enough. I've been in business since 1988. What? Not one time have I been in front of the attorney general. For you what? Know, he, like being sued or, 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 or well, just out, not lying. Oh. You know, putting on there. I mean, come on, let's go back to Ed McMahon. You have definitely won $1 million. Yeah, right. I think that was the first piece of, that was the original piece of, of horrible junk mail. Okay? <laughs> right. There's right. people doing stuff like that. That's crazy, man. Yeah. And that's yeah. not, and again, I, I, you don't reach your levels and, and, you know, I know that you and Grant Cardone are super tight. You don't reach his level, your level. You don't get there by being full of sh crap. No. Yeah. I was just wondering, <laughs> do you actually just get bleeped? Do you have that function? No. Because <laughs> I saw it like all of a sudden stop, but your mom still made the motion. It was, I stopped myself. So hey, I've, I've had Hank Norman on the show, I think. You know, he's, he's something, but, but, you know, I think that, um, you know, again, it, it, it all boils down to your intentions and your integrity behind those intentions and, and what you're delivering. And, and, and again, I want people to understand that, you know, John Hamlin, just to, I don't how long, how long ago was it that you were homeless? 18, 19 years ago. So just a handful of years ago, you yeah. were breaking into churches to have a place to sleep, I think is what you said. And, and like, look at I you now. I, I lost track. It might be 20, you know? Wow. Time flies when you're having fun. And, it, you know, since, since the change and, and the yeah. rebuild, I'll tell you what, it, that's the other thing. It's a blast. Yeah. yeah. I'm literally... I love this. I don't roll out of bed. I spring out of bed. I enjoy what I do so much. That's another big part of it. That's so awesome, man. So do you think people need to enjoy what they're doing to be incredibly successful? Well, I, you know, it certainly would make life a lot easier, wouldn't it? I think so. More, a lot more fun, wouldn't it? Yeah. You know, but it's a few things I've learned about that. And, and, and I hope I'm not going off topic here, but, if you're not happy, and if you're not, you just if you're not happy before you buy a Lamborghini, yeah, I assure you. Okay, <laughs> this is not my opinion. This is my my this is my um, this is my fact. This is my experience. Yeah. If you're not happy before you buy a Lamborghini, you will not be happy after you buy one. Right. If you're not happy before you buy a, a private jet, you won't be happy after you buy one. That's right. You know, so there is that disconnect of people see the success and so on. Oh, that must be what makes you happy. You know, it's being happy in what you're doing to be successful. Yeah. It really is. It's that trip. It's that road. It's a, you know, the, the journey is a blast. I don't want to arrive. I'd be scared to death to arrive. Yeah. That's why I'm building a new building and, 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 and doing the, and taking the company. I mean, we're going to probably hire 75 to 100 employees here in the next year. Wow, that's incredible. 
That's incredible. And you already have a bunch. We're all facility in that big building. <laughs> it's a huge building. I, I've had the honor of, of having you give me the tour. I, I want to see it now <laughs> after after the fact. So now i got to make another trip down. But it, um, it turned out it's beautiful. And we got, you know, being able to design your own building also allowed us to design our culture around it. So, yeah. I mean, literally the way we designed the building you know, I can write policy till I'm blue in the face. Right. You know, culture trumps policy. And yeah. so we actually designed the building to fit our culture. Right. Of transparency. I mean, you know, there's no hidden agenda when you walk into Hamlin Associates. There's no, it, I mean, it's, it, it does. When you walk in, it speaks volume to the actual culture that we exist in. That's awesome, man. Well, dude, I can tell you, uh, I mean, sorry, Mr. Hamlin. I just called you, dude. Why are you calling? Shut, shut up, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but I can tell you that that you know, from my experience, you're one of the classiest people I've I've ever known in my life, and I, I'm honored to to call you a friend. I really mean that. Um, and and you know, so I want. Um, we're we're almost at the end of the hour here. Are there before we wrap up? Is there anything? else that because again i've i one day i spent literally i think it was about nine hours with you and i i left there numb like you're so freaking and and i you're humble about it but dude you're so smart and you you have these nuggets that are insane so is there anything that you would like to share with my audience um before we we cut loose is there any parting words of wisdom or advice you would give people that may be stuck well, um, we've covered a lot. Yeah. Uh, you know, the other, the other thing that's a big part of my life and I think contributes, and it does, it contributes to success, and I can prove it, and that is philanthropy, giving it back. When you've been rewarded, when you've been blessed, give back, and you'll, it, it just keeps coming back. I mean, you, you're, you want to, you want to, can I give you a real quick example? Yeah. I'm involved in a, two, two major charities that are very, very dear to my heart. One of them is, is, is Camp Boggy Creek for Children in Eustace, Florida. Yeah. And the other one is, is, is we have the Hamilton Associates Make-A-Wish Ball in Orlando, which was the number one charity gala event uh, last year, uh, raised $2.5 million for Make-A-Wish. Wow. But, but I want you to imagine um, walking out in a camp, okay, for children, for sick, sick, sick children, okay? They are truly innocent. I could die tomorrow if I could get cancer because I smoked for a long time. Yeah. I had a hand in that. Kid being born with leukemia did not have a hand in that. Being right. born with AIDS did not have a hand in that. And so you're walking out, and this happened. You're walking out, and the little redhead girl looks around, and she walks out to camp, and she looks around, reaches up, she pulls her wig off, throws it on the ground, and runs out and goes and plays with the other kids. You know why? Because it's leukemia week. None of the kids have air. Wow. Now tell me how, now tell me how upset you are that you don't have a signal on your cell phone. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? The, yeah. Really, it does. You can, this, this type of working with others, can bring you so much peace, can really put things in perspective for you. Yeah. That if that little girl can have a positive attitude with the, with the, with the dragon she's slaying, and I'm getting upset because I can't get a signal on my cell phone, come on, John, get real. Right. So there's that aspect of it as well. Wow. Give back. Absolutely. And and, and I, I, if, if you guys don't know John, John is... Uh, dude, you're you're a huge giver, huge giver, and and in everything that you do. So, man, I um I, I thank you from the bottom of my heart, man, for for taking the time to come on and and 
and and do this. You're you're an amazing dude. And and how how can everybody follow you? By the way, where do they follow you? I just think in Hamlin Associates. I'm, you know, I, I probably I know I'm I'm embarrassed to say that I'm not on all the social medias, and I need to be. But um, you know, Hamlin Associates, and I'm on Facebook as well. Right. Uh, you know, so and and I don't I don't block anything on my Facebook. I don't believe. I think you can click on it, and like you know, it's like you're automatically a friend. You can see everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very very transparent. You are. You are. John, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on. I really, I really do. And, and I, I know that, um, everybody on here appreciates it as well. So thank you to everybody who's been on and shared this out and liked it and loved it. And, um, we even got a few angry faces. That's weird. Um, <laughs> what's Grant say? You got to love your haters too. So, yeah. um, but anyway, thank you all. Appreciate all of you. Have an awesome day and we will see you tomorrow. John, thanks so much. You bet, man. All right. See you guys. Cool.